and welcome to Exposing Your High School Reading List. This podcast is dedicated to unpacking and improving the high school English curriculum. This episode, we're going to be discussing Fahrenheit 451. Please take yourselves on over to booktriggerwarnings.com just to be sure your mental health comes first. Yes, it does. Speaking of having feelings about things, I think that everybody who's listening needs to know that for the first eight episodes of this, we would come into this room and we would sit down, we put on our headphones and turn on our mics, and then Greta would press record. Yep. And we would have to sit in silence for 15 seconds so that Lauren, our wonderful editor, could pull the silence like the background noise. And it was rough, guys. <laughs> like, people understand this. I think if you're listening right now, you've been in a situation where you've been told that you cannot make a sound. And suddenly, like, the world has never been funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everything is hilarious. Like, the amount of times that we have had to, like, re-record because, like, I am, like, 14 seconds in and about to announce the episode and Elise breaks out into laughter. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, that was only until I had to come up with a way around this, right? <laughs> I needed a hack. Otherwise, it was going to just be miserable for a while. So I would and this is incredibly on-brand for me, I would uh, start drafting my fantasy hockey team. Wow. And nothing gets me as serious and focused as thinking about that. Yeah. Cut to several weeks into the season, I still have not gotten my fantasy team. So basically, I'm a <laughs> fake fan. Cutthroat. Hey. <sighs> Seattle Kraken, I'm sorry. I don't know what else to say. Alrighty. I've been very busy. <laughs> anyway, what, did you guys do anything to like not laugh really hard or are you like normal? Uh, I would typically stare at you and no, see the focus in your eyes. <laughs> see the focus of my eyes and yeah. I'm going like, okay, do I do the goalie first? I got to get you Yeah, yeah. I, wow. I'd be so focused on your focus that I wouldn't laugh. I'm like, what would I do if somebody drafted Maddie Beneers. What am I going to do? It's mm-hmm. going to break my whole roster. And my strategy was the exact opposite. I would look at no one. I would look at my shoes the whole time for fear that I would be the person who was going to like break out into laughter literally a millisecond before I had to say something or worse that I would start like the announcement because I'm the one that always starts the announcement by laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh, the anxiety is real, guys. <laughs> Becca, what did you do? I just stared down, and I'm, I just made my mind a complete void. Like you know, that, yeah, you know that yeah. video of Fred from Scooby Doo where he goes, "My mind is a complete void." Yeah, that's me. <laughs> wow, I couldn't do that. Like no, even when it was a void, it was still too funny. Mm-hmm. Great point. It was a comedic void. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I couldn't do it. I, I got my hack. So so now, it's like clowns know. Okay, like eight episodes in, Lauren tells us, guys, <laughs> say I'm it, so Lauren, sorry. say it. I only use like five seconds out of the 15. <laughs> so we're just being silent for 10 seconds for nothing? 15. It was 15. Oh, right, but 10, to be 10 fair. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But 15 seconds is a lot harder to do than five. Right. To be fair, we batch recorded everything and then I started editing and that it was like fair. four episodes into editing that I was like, hey, I don't actually use all of this. And, and then I'm we didn't record again it. until <laughs> recently. And I was like, hey guys, by the way, we don't have to do that. We don't have to do that. Yeah, because we don't post these in order. A lot of these were recorded when we were in the class that we made this podcast for. And so we didn't know. I, I'm so sorry. And now we know and it's fine. And we can move on into our icebreaker, where we assign each other the color, like that what color our is our vibe. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Who shall we start with? Let's assign Greta a vibe. Okay. Hello, everybody. My name is Greta, and my vibe is... Uh, yellow. Well, yellow. it's hard because it's also like your your favorite. Like you wear it so much. Do I wear it? Do I wear it that much, or do I just talk about it a lot? You know. I don't know. I think like people listening can't see you right now, yeah, and great I think point. it's really important to me. <laughs> I swear to God that Greta is amazing and currently wearing a flower crown that is primary colors, and definitely the yellow is the most obvious yeah. there. But I think that's the shade of yellow. It's a very classic shade of yellow. Like sunshine yellow yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Because I, I could also see you as like a blue. But it was thing. when we made our like introductory posts for the podcast mm-hmm. and Greta was yellow. It just, it clicked. And I was like, yeah, that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's why I say that you're yellow. There it you just, go. it works. In our introductory posts, you, you were wearing yellow, but it was also like the post that you're on everybody go to our instagram right now um, <laughs> at eyrl podcast yeah the post that greta is on is a yellow background and it's the, the background yellow was the normal yellow but then the background text there's two different shades that one we pulled the color directly from greta's dress it matches and it makes sense yeah lovely well there i'm we always i'm always happy to be yellow it mm-hmm. is my favorite color and it is a happy vibe so Let's let's talk real quick about Lauren here. Uh, please don't. <laughs> uh, I have terrible news Do for you. Do not perceive me. <laughs> We're perceiving you so hard right now. <laughs> and Lauren, I think I think we all can agree it's a blue. Yeah. I think like a nice like dark like midnight blue Ooh. or here here it is Lauren. Me Lauren, look me in the eyes. Yeah. Tardis blue. Oh. For context. Great point. She is wearing a David Tennant she sure. is like <laughs> yeah. it's not just David Tennant like he is like the doctor right yeah, in that it's moment the, it's the doctor in the rain crying before he dies with the text after losing Rose for the final time and it says I'm fine yeah so <laughs> which for those of you who have never seen Doctor Who you should. is a lie he was not fine <laughs> and neither am I <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah so Tardis blue makes a lot of sense in my uh, yeah. in my head. I was thinking periwinkle, but you said mm. that, and I was like, no, that yeah. has to be it. I'm a fan. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. I love fitting the vibe of the newest Taylor Swift album. Yeah. You're so right. Plug for Midnight's, everybody. <laughs> everybody just turned to look at me. <laughs> yeah, Becca, it's your yeah, turn. Becca, it's your uh, turn. This is not this is not revolutionary. You're purple. Uh, so what? purple. What? <laughs> The, I feel the like girl I, with the purple hair. I feel like sometimes like you're lavender, and mm-hmm. sometimes you're like a touch more magenta than our than our really dark purple. Mm. Yes, you I, get it. I feel like most of the time for me, I I see Becca as a lavender. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Maybe like just just like when you're wearing like that one MCR shirt. I'm like, nah, she's a little darker, <laughs> like, a, little, a little darker shade today. Which one I have three? The crop. Not the you not know the what? one you wore to the mall. That's. <laughs> <laughs> The crop top with the angels on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and last but not least, let's talk about Elise here. Becca had a really great thought for Elise and what color she is. Yeah, I've decided Elise is pink, but specifically this, like, soft, rosy pink. Like, a nice, like, blush pink. Like your sweatshirt right now? A little warmer, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I, I like, here's the thing. My initial reaction for you was like, was like a light shade of blue. Mm-hmm. But Becca said that. And I was like, you know what? I've been persuaded. This is my sleeping beauty. Yeah, I was going to say, we could do like a sleeping beauty yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Blue or pink moment. I've swung to the pink side. Okay, interesting. My initial reaction was also like a light blue or a teal. And then Becca said pink. And I was like, yes, soft blush pink. Regency vibes, right? Only. So romantic, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, yeah. yeah. I guess, I guess that does track. It does track, <laughs> but you know, who's to say? Mm. <laughs> I think we're to say. I think, I, <laughs> I think, think we are allowed to say. I am the judge, jury, and executioner. <laughs> we are the oh, final authority. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into talking about our topic for the day, which is. Fahrenheit, Fahrenheit 451. Ooh. <laughs> so we all have very different experiences mm-hmm. um, with reading Fahrenheit 451. I read it in eighth grade. We did a unit on Ray Bradbury, read a lot of really messed up short stories. That adds up. And now we're here. I read it in high school along with 33.3% of our survey takers. You can take our Ooh. survey at all of our social medias or on our website. That's such a nice number. I... Read it for fun at the end of high school. That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> God, imagine liking books. What? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine like, liking to read and talk about books. Like, could you imagine? Never. Couldn't be me. No. <laughs> I am the odd one out here because I have never read it despite my love of literature. So maybe that's why. I know it's a book about burning books. Maybe I'm just like too... Too into books to yeah. think about burning mm-hmm. books. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. Maybe we'll change your mind by the end of the episode. You know what? Ooh, a challenge. Let's see. We'll find out. All right, so talk to me about it. Tell me, convince me. (laughs) Well, let's go over to Spark Notes first. (laughs) Yeah, let's start there. So the main premise is that our lead character, Guy Montag, is a fireman whose job is to burn books. I believe it's established in the world of Fahrenheit 451 that all houses are now completely fireproof, like the structure. So if you burn houses, it like just burns the books and and probably like your bed, you know. (laughs) Also, like, couldn't you have other things that are flammable? I think their clothes are probably flammable. Yeah, but like the house itself will keep standing. Yes. It's just a sad reminder of all of the books that you no longer own. But. So I did forget a lot of this book because. Oh, really? Did you remember that his wife tried to commit suicide at the beginning of the book? Vaguely. Yeah, I did not. I definitely didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why you wouldn't remember that, Greg. That's so weird. Right. I feel like it's such an important part of the book. I can't believe you would could you, it. Could yeah. you possibly have not remembered it because you didn't uh, read the book? No, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think so. I think I pretty much just remember the girl that he meets that we're going to talk about later. Her name's Clarice. Oh, yes, oh. yes his decision to stop burning books and then the robot dog at the end of the book yeah there's a robot dog yeah look at there like canine we could just like keep circling doctor who i think this is good (laughs) actually guys the pod is now canceled we are going to go watch doctor who instead good it's not going to be on disney plus until 2023 by the way my heart is broken it's almost november like i think we'll make it Uh, we will not (laughs) so yeah his wife mildred tried to take a bunch of sleeping pills to kill herself. So there are definitely some triggers in this I'm book. I'm glad I plugged um, the website. 
And then he gets her to the hospital. They do like a blood transfusion. Is the hospital also fireproof? <laughs> I sure hope so. All I remember from this book is that he goes to a house to burn books. And then this woman is like, no, don't burn books because reasons. And he's like, oh, word? And reads a book for the first time. And it's like, wait, this guy's Whoa. never read a book before. Well, that's no, the point. They burn all of them. Oh, wait. Just, this so is like just, really wait. dystopian. Yeah, so he books just. Books are illegal. No, okay. So I knew, I knew that, right? But like, if you have a job. And your job is to burn the book. I feel like you have to encounter no, a bunch no. of books. This is an elderly man who what? has never once in what? his years of firefighting questioned it. And then he meets this girl and she's like, what about books? And he goes, oh, how old is this girl? Yeah, it's not It's not like he meets a girl. It's no, like he right, meets right, a girl. No, he right, like, no I yes. figured that. Yeah. Okay. And so he goes 17. to one of those houses, and instead of lighting the books on fire, he steals a couple, and he tries reading them, and he's like, oh, actually, these this are pretty rad. And then he hides this them wait, in his bed. Wait, some good hold on, stuff. go back. This elderly man is 30 years old. <laughs> 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 no, I fully read these books thinking he was 70. <laughs> and then he was like, this shriveled man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like... I spent the whole time reading this book going, Still this 70-year-old man, <laughs> no. man has never read a book, and man. his wife, Mildred, I think it was the name. It must have been the name, Mildred. Yeah. I was like, Mildred turns him into the cops. You That's really, all I remember. You really sold it to me, too. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was convinced, too. This guy's geriatric. <laughs> And that's the power of misinformation. Picturing my dad, like I was here picturing like this shriveled man carrying like a fire hose. Because like I remember when I read it, I was like, "Wow! Not only is he still a firefighter, he can still climb on chairs." Wow! (laughs) (laughs) Like I completely maybe we should just reread this book. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, we're gonna have to revisit this episode in like a couple months, and then we'll all be like, "Okay, so (laughs) okay, so Lauren." Lost her mind. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, Guy Montag is 30. According to whatever Google just told me, um, Clarice is 17. So also like a little weird, but yeah. Mm. There have been worse age gaps in classic literature. So like, mm. anyways. So she just like asks him a bunch of like really weird questions. I don't even think they're like that weird, but to him he's like, Ugh. and then he can't stop thinking about her. Because I guess she's his like, uh, what's the phrase? Manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Oh God. Uh. <laughs> We might need to, to define that term for some of our audience. It's for those of you who don't know, <laughs> a manic pixie dream girl is like the it girl, the not like other girl type of girls who appear. Are you writing a poem right now? <laughs> she's the, it feels like it. She's the Zoe you. Deschanel of every rom com. Yeah, yes. exactly. It's she's... it's the cute, quirky person who comes in and is gonna fix your life because she's so special. And and not like other women. She's mm. the girl who has She's not worse. taken her meds today <laughs> and thinks you've never heard music before. Yeah. It is almost inherently misogynistic. Right. Um, almost? Okay. Well, like, <laughs> like, it can be done in a way that's not misogynistic, but it's very yes. rare. It's yes. very rare. So Maybe he never has heard music before. Maybe, maybe he just, like, listens to Eminem. And the like, manic oh. pixie dream girl of it all is that she never lasts. She never sticks around. Right, yeah. Right. In, in some cases, like in this book, I'm pretty sure she got hit by a car. No. There were a lot of triggers in this. Turns yeah. out. So back on the book. 
right? Yes. yes. Um, so any other major plot points we need to talk about? Oh, so many. We're barely. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going so early. <laughs> okay, yeah. So again, Mildred, she had the pills, and then she refuses to talk about it, and she's just like, "Let's talk about TV." So pretty much, one of the main things is. Like, even though there aren't books, there's, like, a bunch of forms of entertainment, but the point is that they're, like, mindless entertainment, and so everybody's pretty much just, like, a zombie consuming all this stuff. Like, at one point, I think Mildred is, like, obsessed with this, like, family on her TV, who she thinks of as, like, her family. So is this, like, kind of, like, Brave New World? I wouldn't know. If you've read the short story, The Velt, which is also (laughs) by Ray Bradbury, Uh it's basically the same thing where it's this, the whole house is, like, a tech house so yes. then, like, the kid's playroom is just, like, a bunch of screens, but then, like, a lion gets out and, like, eats the parents. That's embarrassing. <laughs> out of curiosity, is Welt spelled with the W as in German Welt? No, it's spelled with a V. It's Damn. D-E-L-D-T. Wow. I really thought that they were doing something there, and they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> he encounters Clarice a bunch more and she's, like, catching raindrops on her tongue and she's like, why are you a firefighter? And he's like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and then... There's there's a robot dog at the firehouse. Presumably, it's like their version of the like Dalmatian. I think it's, <laughs> I assume it's robotic, so that it's like fireproof. Oh. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, what happened to all the real dogs? <laughs> I don't. Think I don't know. Answered. I don't think it is. But well, I, they don't have books. Well, they don't have dogs. I, I okay, don't know so <gasps> no cats I, either. All of life's wonders. <laughs> Well, but why would you have a cat if it can't curl up in your lap while you read a book? Like, great, great yeah. Point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then there's no point. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's for when you're hosting your pretend dinner party with your TV. You have to have the evil cat in your lap. Oh yeah, oh, sure. It's also probably to again point at the fact that like everything of substance has been replaced by technology. So, everything like, of yeah. like like feeling. Yeah, I think mm. it's like emotion. It's like emotional connection, right? Because she. They're not happy in their marriage. So no. mm-hmm. obviously. I guess that makes sense. That like the idea of that, the symbolism of that makes sense. Like, okay, everything good and emotional and like all this stuff is replaced by technology. Happiness is gone, right? Mm-hmm. Is the vibe. But also, like, if they don't talk about what happened to the dogs, <laughs> right? But no one thinks to wonder. Yeah. Yeah. No one thinks about because it. Because no one thinks. That's uh, the whole point, right? Because, yeah. like, they're not supposed to read. They're not supposed to so sing. So it is some Brave New World kind of Sure. Stuff. Okay. I, I'll make that statement. <laughs> I think I think you're the only one who knows what that is. Uh, okay. It's, like, very brief synopsis. It's, like, 1984, if 1984, instead of being a police state, was, like, let's drug everybody so that they can't focus on, like, the important stuff that's going oh, on. Oh, yes. Okay. We've talked about this at some point. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, back to the book. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. So there's like one particular incident at Montag's work where he goes to burn a bunch of books and he, there's a lady there. I think she's an elderly lady. I want to make sure she's actually elderly <laughs> this time. <laughs> there are no old people in this They're all book. dead. <laughs> it, it just says a woman. I don't know if she's elderly. Anyways. We don't get to um, This woman has had books hidden in her attic and... He sneaks one out and he hides it and he tries to convince her to leave and instead she lights herself on fire. What? Which like, you know, I get it. If someone came (laughs) in and they were like, Elise, you got to burn all of your books. I'd be like, not all four copies of Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) Elise, we have to burn all of your books. 
pouring gasoline on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just, I guess I'm, I go down with that. Chipped. <laughs> you go down with all of your favorite chips. Yes. But I think this is definitely the incident that makes him be like, am I the bad guy? Which I, I love thought I might moment. be the bad guy. You know, oh it's like God. it's like the opposite of the, oh, moment. Yeah, it it's is. The, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Oh. Oops. Yeah, and then he tries to, like, talk to his wife about it. She just completely blows him off because she's watching TV. Yeah, that adds up. Um, yeah. And then he, I think he goes to his captain and he's like, hey, buddy. This are we the bad guys? Up? And then yeah. his captain kind of like tells him the history of books. And he's like, these are why they became obsolete and obsolete. I don't know. <laughs> Not obsolete. Destroyed. <laughs> yeah. And then Montag's like, this doesn't add up. Um, but he now has a book he can check. And then. Oh, yeah. He tries to show the book that he stole to his wife and then she tries to burn it. And he's like, hey. No, no. <laughs> that wasn't the point. <laughs> and I could have done this at work and got paid for it. <laughs> so then he wants to go meet an old English professor that he knew, and he brings the book to him, and he's like, why is this so important? And then the professor's like, okay, the book itself is not what's dangerous. It's like the content and like how it makes us think and feel. And Montag's like, what? It can make um, us think and feel? That's what? pretty crazy. What a concept. Because nothing makes him feel in his life. So true, bestie. Yeah. Yeah. And then so he goes and he tries to talk to his wife again and it gets completely blown off. And he's like, fine, I'm gonna read. And then he gets what? called into work and he's like, oh, dang, what's happening at work? And they're like, hey, buddy, we're gonna go burn down your house now. Because his wife, like, sold him out, I guess. So he has to go then try to burn all of his books. She stopped watching TV. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she stopped watching TV to snitch on the husband she hates. Oh, also, an important thing to consider about the firefighters. So imagine the water hose, right? Yeah. Um, Instead of water, it's spraying the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So a flamethrower. Then when his boss is like, you got to burn all your stuff, he's like, hey, and I'm pretty sure he burns his boss instead mm-hmm. and then what? the robot dog starts to go after him and so he gets like injured and he's running away so he finds this circle of people and they tell him that they're trying to reintroduce books into society and to do so because they know they'll get in trouble if they have like physical books they are memorizing the books like part by part so everyone gets like a different part of the book and then at the end of the book which i again somehow forgot the most wild ending remember how we talked about the ending of the pit and the pendulum yeah i do mm-hmm. So what if I told you that at the end of Fahrenheit 451... Don't tell me it's worse. A bomb drops on the city. What? I did not remember. <laughs> How do you Becca? I also forgot that. How did we all forget that? How did we all forget? So then he and this circle of readers just agree that they're going to go and help the city rebuild. And in doing so, you know, theoretically, they're going to, you know, reintroduce literature as they rebuild. But none of them rock. know how to write. How are they writing books? All the books are gone. Well, verbal history or yeah. oral history. No, but that's like the definition of burn it down and start over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I say a lot about a lot of things. Yeah. I never really mean it, though. Sometimes I do. I guess. <laughs> I just feel like for a while, the books are going to be real bad, you know? Well, uh, like if they yeah. memorized the mm-hmm. books. Okay. Who, who memorized the books? These people living on the outskirts. (laughs) Here's the thing, though, right? It's kind of like when you study Greek and Latin texts, and everyone goes, 
well, how do we know this bit? And everyone's like, well, actually, it's different in all of the stories because they wrote it down from oral history and no one actually knows what it is. So we just get happened. more, we just get bonus stories out of yeah. it. Yeah. It just becomes like fan fiction. <laughs> but yeah, valid in society. A community eyes. of fan fiction. <laughs> oh, one last note. So they stopped looking for Montag because they just said he was dead and they just killed another man in his place to convince everybody that he had died. How did I not remember any of and that's okay. the end of the book. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> Episode over. Roll credits. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. Wait. Okay. So if Navi remembered the plot, <laughs> right? We're really uh, outing ourselves here. Like yeah. we don't. We yeah. Don't, so we don't have time to do enough research. No, okay. But let's let's talk about it though, because if Navi mm-hmm. remembered the plot of the book, but we were all convinced we loved it. Right. You were all convinced you loved it. I didn't say that. Two, oh, true. Two of you read it in school. So how was it taught? How was it framed? Like what? What did you guys actually get from from this book in school and or for fun in Lauren's case? <laughs> it was pretty much taught as like the prime example of this is why books are important. Yeah, censorship, the dangers of censorship. Oh. Yeah, that was like pretty much like what we focused on. But also mine, like right eighth grade, that was different because it wasn't English yet. It was language, language arts. arts. And so we just did like a whole unit on uh, Ray Bradbury and... And that's a, that's a whole other thing. What is up with, with people's chokeholds? Yeah, they, that's like they—they they, it really is. It's a chokehold that Ray Bradbury has on on English teachers as a whole. Yeah. All summer and a day. Don't even get oh me started, God. guys. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I don't know his his works kind of slap. And I think one of the big things is that they all have a very clear message so it's very easy to teach i think they're fairly accessible like as far as language goes i think they're one of the most accessible of like the things that we read i guess that's true yeah i don't know it's like yeah that was definitely this is about like censorship the dangers of falling into that mindless tv drone kind of situation I, th- I think that was pretty much what we were, what we were supposed to take mm-hmm. out of that, and it was all just kind of poetic too. The first line of this book is "It was a pleasure to burn," which is like granted, it is a good line. As mm-hmm. as the resident poet of this of this podcast, that is that is pretty classic. However, <laughs> is it enough? I don't know. I um, think I I stand by this book. Yeah. I there are definitely other ways to discuss like the dangers of censorship but especially since this was something that was kind of born out of history because you know books have been and in some places continue to be burned (laughs) you know it's important to consider this weird alternate future where we don't have them anymore yeah and we don't have stories in the way that we need them and then people add this book to the banned book list and it's yeah Mm -hmm. honestly i feel like people just like do that for the irony at this point like oh, wouldn't it be neat and quirky <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be very manic pixie dream girl of me to put this on the banned book list but i think they do it like when people are banning books when this book genuinely gets banned it's because they know that they are being the bad guys yeah. like they are the bad guys of this mm-hmm. book and they don't want people to see that so if they're banning all these other books they're right. going to ban this one too if you look too closely You'll find out who the real villain has been all along. It's a mirror. (laughs) One of my favorite editions of this book, I've never owned one, but I want to. It's this very beautiful one where the spine is like 
the part that you strike on a matchbox and it comes with a match. What? So you can burn the book if you so desire. And also the name Fahrenheit 451 comes out of like that's the temperature that the book would burn at. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Which is a very really cool, yeah. Yeah. I Where, think is that is that a detail in the book? Like do they mention that or is I that just think? like something you have to like figure out for yourself? We talked about it in class. I read it for fun, and, but I was also in a chemistry class at the time, so I don't remember which of the two taught it to me. I think it's mentioned in there. I think something about like how they set the okay the fire. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Things. Okay, I think we know what we need to do. I think we need to give ourselves an assignment, and I think we should all at some point reread this book and do another episode and find out. Does, oh. it, does it hold up? Does it hold up? We can Does look it at it through up? the lens that we have now because it's certainly different than mm-hmm. when we read it or didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> great, great, <laughs> great point. point. Yeah. And this time I will not mistake him for an old man. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. know going in that he's 30. And that I detest Mildred because she sells him out. Also, also her name is yeah, Mildred. I, don't, I feel you like know? you're just setting your character up to be hated and maybe that was the point. We mm. can ponder it. Yeah. All. I mean, it's easy to see her as not not the villain, but like a secondary villain of the story. But really, it's the culture that she grew up in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if she, well, I don't know. I'm not going to say that because I was going to say if she had been like introduced to Clarice the way that Montag was, maybe she would have had her own revelation. But I don't think that's true. She was clearly like much more into mm-hmm. all of the like mindless yeah. TV that's been literally shoved down her throat for who knows how many years now. Mm-hmm. So... So if you want to, and, you know, because a lot of people do say that this is one of their favorite books that they had to read in school, if it's been a while, and maybe some of this was shocking to you, join us and reread it, and we'll find out together. Thank you all for coming on this ride (laughs) of, of an episode with us. It was truly enlightening from my perspective. Enlightening. <laughs> ah, it did strike a match. Oh, oh anyway. dear. That was worse. That was so much worse. <laughs> Greta's puns aside, um, you can find us on social media at EYRL Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We've got our website, EYRLpodcast.wordpress.com. And please do email us if you want, if you want to send us big long paragraphs about the things you hear, podcast EYRL at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you learned something. We sure did. Yeah. (laughs)